Kia ora koutou and welcome to this Auckland Libraries podcast. The talks in this series were originally to be delivered as live events as part of the Auckland Heritage Festival. Today's speaker is historian Lisa Trudman. Lisa is a regular speaker for Auckland Libraries, generously sharing her research and knowledge, especially during the Auckland Heritage Festival every year. She is currently the president of the New Zealand History Federation and belongs to several history and heritage societies. She's also an author, writing and editing for several journals and newsletters. Lisa also shares her research on her blog, Time Spanner. The following talk was originally to be presented at the Avondale Library as part of the Auckland Heritage Festival 2020. Today, Lisa takes us back in time to when Avondale and its racecourse had a brief place in early aviation history. As Auckland experienced aeroplane fever in 1913, young adventurers Frederick Esk Sanford and William Stanley Miller worked at perfecting their remodelled biplane Manarawa No. 1 on the Avondale racecourse. This is the 107-year anniversary of these incredible flights. December 1913, the Sanford Miller biplane was prepared for a flight from Avondale to New Lynn. As can happen in Avondale, the late spring weather had turned to heavy rain, soaking the plane and making movements in the air heavy and hard to control. Nevertheless, they landed in a paddock and planned to return to Avondale later that day. In 1913, Auckland was in a state of aeroplane fever. The novelty of heavier-than-air flight had caught the public's imagination, fueled from the 1909 25th of July first cross-English channel flight by Louis Blériot. In April of that year, exhibition flights of a Blériot-style plane with the engine in front were conducted at the Auckland Domain by Wizard Stone, at which nearly 30,000 crammed the area to watch a brief, unsuccessful and, in fact, comedic flight. All the while, Frederick Esk Sanford and William Stanley Miller worked at perfecting their own flying machine on the Avondale Racecourse. Over much of 1913, they staged practice flights and tinkered with the 60-horsepower ENV engine of their Farman biplane, a pusher craft with the engine at the rear, named after Henri Farman's design from 1907. According to Athol J. McD. Miller, in his book, The Gardeners of Mattia, Glorit and New Lynn. John Owen Gardner, 1873-1931, was renowned for his knowledge of engineering. Miller and his partner Sanford assembled a plane at the Avondale Racecourse, but could not get the engine to function satisfactorily. Someone referred him to Uncle Jack, who spent some time disassembling parts and adjusting the timing of the engine, and on the day that he thought he had mastered the engine, I went to Avondale with him on the back of his motorcycle. He was standing astride across the plane and still tinkering with the engine, which was running sweetly. Sanford, who was at the controls, took off, and they flew around the race course at a height of about 50 feet and landed again. Uncle Jack had not altered his position during the whole flight and was still there some time after it landed. Their biplane had started out as a Kitsett Howard Wright biplane imported into New Zealand by a syndicate which comprised brothers Leo and Vivian Walsh, 
brothers Alfred and Charles Lester and Alfred Powley. Such machines were meant for the then money-generating exhibition flights business of the day. Dubbed the Manerewa, the Howard Wright was used for a number of experimental flights from Glenora Park, Papakura, including a public demonstration flight on the 9th of February 1911, but later met with several accidents and was wrecked. The Leicesters and Powley took over the Manerewa from the Walshers and dissembled it, storing it for a time at a property on Dominion Road. Then in late 1912 or early 1913, William Miller took it over. Born in Otago in 1888, according to air historian Errol W. Martin, Miller was a tinkerer from an early age. He experimented and built things like a gas meter and toy balloons and got swept up in the popular enthusiasm of the day for powered flight. In 1912, he tried his luck over in Australia but was a wasn't able to secure a plane. Returning to New Zealand, he found out that the Manarewa was for sale and agreed to purchase a half interest and lease the other half from the Leicesters. Frederick Sanford wasn't his first partner in the project out on the Avondale Racecourse, as many think. That was engineer Noah Jonasson sharing a room at an Avondale boarding house with Miller. The two didn't get on too well with each other, though. When Jonasson damaged the biplane during a ground run on the 28th of February 1913, colliding with the racecourse railing and damaging the propeller and one of the wings, while Miller was away in the city, he was given his marching orders. And so, enter Sanford. Sanford apparently had been in correspondence with the Leicesters himself. He came over to Auckland, met up with Miller, and struck up the famous partnership. Martin believes that Sanford invested in the proprietorship of the Manurewa himself. Between the two of them, they reconfigured the Manurewa, transforming it into the Sanford-Miller plane. The two men had a trial flight together on the Saturday 8th of March. On Sunday the 13th of April 1913, Sanford flew solo for the first time in his career. In Australia, he'd flown with the well-known Australian exhibition aviator named Hart, taking off from Avondale Racecourse before several hundred people, rising to an altitude of about 50 feet, flying the length of the course before making a few more modest flights as far as the space available would allow. Leonard Pauling, whose sons George and Percy sold goods and fish in Avondale, kept a diary and made several references to the biplane and experiments out on the racecourse. One unfortunate incident that same April was reported as, Last Thursday, the flying machine at Avondale cut a dog to pieces. According to Peter Buffett, this happened during an attempt at takeoff, smashing the propeller and, of course, killing the dog. Short flights were reported in May. Alfred Lester's daughter was a passenger in late May 1913 and became the first woman in New Zealand to fly. The Sanford Miller plane also achieved the first cross-country flight in New Zealand on the 31st of August, taking off with Sanford at the controls from Avondale, levelling out at 250 feet and heading west. Possibly approaching West Coast Road, along Great North Road, Sanford turned back to make for the race course again, but the engine failed and he made a forced landing on a glide in a paddock against Binstead Slaughterhouse beside the Rewa Rewa Creek in New Lynn, today's Ken Maunder Park. The flight was one of three miles at more than 70 kilometres per hour. Two weeks later, after repairs by Miller, the plane returned across the Wow Creek to Avondale. In October, they made a five-mile flight to and from the racecourse. Come December, and the promise of summer months to come, Sanford decided to test the flying capacity of the plane under the conditions of the recent heavy rains. At about 8.30 on the 4th of December 1913, Sanford took off. 
circled the race course and then tried to head for Epsom. The plane's movements were too heavy to control, however, and he decided to force a landing in what was then known as Clark's Paddocks in New Lynn. The Auckland Star was advised of Sanford's great confidence that the plane would later be able to exhibit itself at Alexandra Park. Unfortunately, his optimism was for naught. The paddock was only half an acre, not allowing the plane enough of a runway to, for lift. Sanford had the plane wheeled back, trying to gain maximum distance, and then started the engine, racing for a gap in the paddock's fence. The plane, however, failed to rise and crashed into a corner post. The pilot, the star reported the next day, was thrown many feet into the air, falling on his head, and the forepart of the machine was reduced to splinters and tangled wires. Taken back by motor car to his boarding house room at Avondale, Sanford remained unconscious for some time, with a badly damaged shoulder and wrist. Miller remained optimistic, saying, We will not give in, but had to face the facts that the plane would have required to be completely rebuilt again, along with a new engine. In those days, this would have cost at least £800. Arthur Morris, then the editor-publisher of The News from Avondale, made an impassioned plea for the two men and their project in a letter to the Herald. These two men are the first local men to build a machine and make successful flights with it, he wrote. Aviation has recognised the world over now as the foremost science, destined to materially alter the standing of any country possessing the best equipped and most modern machines. Would it not once more redound to the credit of New Zealand, which has led the world in so many ways, to show that in the field of science also she has men with the brains to keep not only abreast of other countries but possibly outstrip them? The Avondale Road Board raised a petition to Parliament asking that a grant be made to Sanford and Miller to rebuild the plane, but this and Morris's plea was unsuccessful. Frederick Sanford recovered and later went on to fly in action in World War I with the RNAS and the RFC, rising to the rank of Major. According to Martin, on his return to Australia, he represented the Blackburn Aeroplane Company, but was tragically killed on the 15th of December 1928 when his car skidded and crashed into a fence at Glen Rowan near Wongaratta while driving to Sydney to visit his mother. William Miller later owned his own garage at Kyber Pass, between the ASB B Building and Burley Avenue, farmed at Kelston Glendean, his farm called Span Farm, after a brand of petrol he sold at the garage, and died in 1977. Because of both of these young men, Avondale has yet another legend. You've been listening to an Auckland Libraries podcast. You can find further information on our page at SoundCloud or see the Auckland Libraries website.